You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hello and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. This is Aaron McCart. And I'm Aaron McCourt. We're back here today with our coffee and ready to clatch mm-hmm. and ready to talk about the worst roommate ever. What a thrill ride this one was. It's in four or five parts, about an hour each, I would say. But the last two episodes are really one story. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to kind of focus on that one today. But I definitely think the others are worth watching because they're all horrible. <laughs> Oh, a little different flavor of horrible. I think the first three stories, mm-hmm. as horrible as they are, are stories we've heard before, right? At least yes. I have, not yep. this necessarily this specific one, but mm-hmm. versions thereof. Mm-hmm. The fourth story is something I've never heard. Yeah, I know. It was really a standout for me as well. So this is on Netflix. just came out in 2022. It was directed by Domini Hoffman. I wrote down H-O-F-M and apparently got bored and stopped writing. <laughs> it's like the Cliff Notes version. You're like a stenographer now with the notes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, like we said, there are five episodes and they vary from about 39 minutes to about an hour. Mm-hmm. So real quick, the first story is about a woman who portrays herself as this loving older geriatric woman but she's only like 50 that's what really was the most surprising to me I thought so (laughs) I was just like in the history of women no one's ever been like you know what I'm gonna go I'm not really gonna lean into this grandma look like no one has (laughs) ever done that the only guy or the only person that's ever done that is Harry Styles and he had the grandma chic look for a hot minute he can pull that off though oh yeah and she took in people uh pretending to be like this room and board for homeless people, people in need, people with mental problems. And she killed them and kept their social security Mm -hmm. checks. And the second story was about a man who murdered a woman because she wouldn't be with him. This is a story we hear every goddamn day. Yes. It's very sad. Like he was very heavily involved with her family and stuff. Like they were good friends. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, she rebuffs his advances and he was like, well, I guess I'll kill you now, which is, infuriating it's definitely well worth a watch because there were a couple and i'm like you rat bastard like yeah i mean just they're all definitely worth a watch Mm -hmm. story number three this was about a man who ran extreme marathons Mm -hmm. and hustled people saying he was from palestine Mm -hmm. to trying to get support from the people who are like free palestine and he was actually lebanese and he was just kind of conning everybody and hustling everybody all around mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. It really had tender swindler vibes yeah. for me. This guy was handsome. I mean, he was a bit of a charmer unless you saw through it right away. And then he really did not like you. And tried to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. But what a great story. And the fact that, I mean, he got his comeuppance at the end. A bit. I mean, yes. he's out again, right? Well, I mean. So a couple of things about that one. One, I don't know, but I don't know that I could ever trust anyone who does extreme marathons. That just seems (laughs) extreme. I loved the guy that was like, oh, he's in first place. And he's like, oh, he's disqualified. And (laughs) then he's disqualified again for the same thing. It's not even a good lie. Like you got to get better. 
No, and then he tried to say, oh, well, those stupid Americans were prejudiced. Now, that's not far-fetched. <laughs> I agree with that. But you can use that excuse once. You can't mm-hmm. use it in two different countries at two different races. It's not going to work as well. Mm-mm. But yeah, also, he had some confrontational eyebrows, I would say. I liked the end that the one young lady said that, um, you know, she's in therapy to deal with her PTSD and whatnot, which mm-hmm. I, you know, good on you, lady. Absolutely, yeah. But she was like, I get very uncomfortable around people with like a lot of eyebrows and I'm like yes yes you do we had a co-worker that had confrontational eyebrows he could not talk to this woman I'm telling you that joke got so much more mileage than it really should have but I still love it to this day I, I think it's because it pissed him off so much I know he was the youngest old man I've ever met for real 22 years old telling people to get off his lawn oh god that okay. guy so the fourth story actually is two episodes, mm-hmm. and this is the one we're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. This is about a squatter. Now, I'm going to tell you that I often joke about squatters' rights. I will not anymore. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It's not funny anymore. Yes. This is out of control. I didn't know serial squatting was a thing. Right? I didn't either. So I am out of the age bracket where I think I'm going to ever try to get a roommate ever again, but my Mm -hmm. children are sort of moving into that age bracket. So Mm -hmm. it was a good time for me to see it because I'm like, okay, please don't ever let anyone move in with you before you really check those credentials. (laughs) Get them bonded. You can pay to have people do that background check. It's worth it. Uh, So, you know, this is one of those things where like, It probably won't happen to you. I don't know how pervasive this is, but Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this was crazy. It was. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that I think that could have prevented it. I don't want to victim blame these. Oh, I don't either. Women have been through so much, but. Well, I think to me, the common thread here was in all of these situations, the people were sort of up against the wall for money stuff that maybe influenced Mm -hmm. your choices because he was waving this cash around like, Ooh, you know? And so I think this is a really good moment to take a step back and be like, okay, a day or two to check someone's references should not be a deal breaker for a potential roommate. They should be like, Oh, you seem well balanced. I concur. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting because my older son is. Yes getting ready to get out of the military and will be eventually Mm -hmm. searching for a place to live. And one of the things I've discussed with them is try to find a place you can afford on your own, even if it's a crappy place. Now you want to make sure pizza will be delivered at night. That's really how you know if it's Mm -hmm. a bad neighborhood or not, in my opinion, if they won't deliver pizza after dark, that's probably not a good neighborhood, but you don't have to have the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And I know that prices are skyrocketing, but try to find a place you can afford on your own just in case. That's what I was going to say too. Like we are really in a time where this is going to become more prevalent for people because of, you know, it's, it's hard to find a place that you can afford that's worth living in on your own. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's break into this beast. So this is kind of told from the perspective of several different people who were involved with this guy in the first place. So Mm -hmm. it kind of does the classic thing of, I don't know if you guys are true crime fans, but the way you watch these shows that are on like ID, it's like they cut from one story to another. And I'm like, can you just tell the whole thing? Like one person after another without leaving me with these stupid ass cliffhangers. Like, I just want to know the story. I don't need the extra drama. Well, and they also almost go in reverse chronological. And I'm like, I 
this isn't a resume. Can we just start at the beginning and work over four? But I get mm-hmm. you're trying to build this. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. So the first person we meet is a young lady named Alex. Her story happens in 2017. This is in Philadelphia. And she needs a roommate. Mm-hmm. Her mom is kind of, I mean, she and her mom are very close, which is helpful in this case. But her mm-hmm. mom has given her some shit about finding a new roommate. Like her mom is helping to foot the bill while she's living on her own. I don't think it's a a terrible situation that, you know, she's helping out, but she's like, Hey, what are you doing to kind of move in this direction? Mm -hmm. So again, you know, I think that early off we, we see the pressure that she's under to kind of find somebody new. Mm -hmm. So what does she do? She lists her place for rent. She's looking for a roommate on the Craigslist. You know know. what? I always feel like that's a bad idea. Yeah. Do people still use Craigslist? I don't know. The only thing I ever got on Craigslist for was the the ads for men looking for women and shit like that because they were some of the funniest ads I've ever seen I like the misconnections are yeah that was funny too (laughs) yeah if you were looking for a pick-me-up you were like oh okay I feel much better (laughs) about my situation now yeah Mm -hmm. so she puts an ad on Craigslist and you know she gets a couple responses one of them is from Jed Creek Mm mm-hmm And he needed to find an affordable home because he was helping his aging mother and his brother who had all these lawsuit problems. And since Mm -hmm. Jed had a background in law, he was Mm -hmm. helping his brother. Now, he was not currently practicing law. He was tutoring. And Mm -hmm. she was like, oh, that makes sense because he's just moving back to the state and blah, 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 blah. And okay, sure. sure. You can reason anything away. It's just weird. And he had like a website and she checked all that out like you do very similar again to you know what you do when you're dating someone new is you're googling them to see what madness you can turn up I think the problem I had with that was she found his website (laughs) that he created for his business so that's not really there were some things on there that she could have looked further like I said he graduated from Georgetown you could call and see Mm-hmm. Uh, or you could check up. They probably have records online or something. I bet I think you're you're looking at it from an older person's perspective where you're like, I'm going to dig a little deeper, which is yeah. the message that you should take away from the show. Is it's, please ask five more questions. Yeah. Well, and I think it's not just an older perspective because I haven't mm-hmm. had a lot of roommates and my roommates were always friends. And mm-hmm. I'm definitely coming at it from a female perspective, which yes. all of these people are. I thought and that so too. It's, it's surprising that they aren't especially more cautious with a male roommate. But I think, you know, if it's not, your approach is different if you're looking for a male roommate versus a man, you know, to have that kind of intimate relationship with. I can see where somebody be like, oh, we're just living together. Like how bad could it get? Right. Like versus like, Mm. oh, the other way around, you generally get to know someone for a while. First, you don't like, you don't do a background search on them as fast. I don't know. I don't know. I know. Well, like we have the, Of course, yeah, we have the (laughs) perspective of hindsight. So they talk. I mean, she goes to meet him at a coffee shop. They walk around. He's got a sweet doggy. They take their dogs. Mm -hmm. The dogs meet. Everything's fine. He ends up coming over to her place. She wants him to fill out a, like, a background check or, like, a tenant. It's an application for the apartment, which is required by the property management. Mm -hmm. Yes, because it is an apartment building. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So... He moves in, like, right away. Like, that night, yeah. I feel like that's the case in a lot. He's like, uh, I can move in today. I need to get out of my situation. It's not a good situation mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. That's a red flag, right? That's I... fucking weird. 
And then he's like got cats and they didn't talk about cats. And I mean, this is applicable to this woman, Alex, because she's allergic to cats. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. They're fine. This cat will never leave the room. It can control its shedding at all times. <laughs> it's a mystical <laughs> cat. You're welcome. <laughs> and then he, what he moves in is like a bunch of totes and a pallet on the floor, like a comforter and a couple pillows. And I'm like, who is this man? Like, he's in his 30s. I mean, like, who among us can still sleep on the floor and not be racked with back pain? He's older than that. If you think about it at the very yeah. end, he's 60. So he's in his oh. late 50s. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But, yeah, who among us can live? And, I mean, like, I couldn't get up off the floor. I actually oh, hurt yeah. my back getting off the floor one time. So, <laughs> And that was in my early 40s. So... <laughs> I know. There's no way. I mean, at least be like a kid who just moved out and has a mattress on the floor, right? You don't need a bed frame, but a mattress is necessary. Yeah. So that's it. That's all he brings is a cat, Mm -hmm. a dog, a bird or a hamster or something. There you go. One of these. (laughs) One of these is not a mammal, but that's what I pick. (laughs) Some totes and this weird thing on the floor and that's it. Yeah, and she she has this application on the table, and she continuously is like, "Hey, you know, you got to fill it out. It's required." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it." Which <laughs> spoiler, he never does. But he does steal all her dining room chairs. That cracked me up. Like, so he starts moving things around, and she said she comes home, and she had six dining room chairs, and they were all missing. So she knocks on his door, and she's like where are the chairs? And he's like, well, I needed a desk and I needed a place to sit up. So I took them. She's like, all the chairs? You need all the chairs? And he's a condescending dick. He's like, yeah, what? this isn't that big of a deal. There are only two people in this house. You only need two chairs. So he gave her two back and kept the other four of her own chairs. And I'm like, he's a lawyer. Like, surely he's used a desk before. And usually the desk and the chair are at different levels. So you can like shimmy up to the desk. You're not like, Writing at knee level? He's sitting on the floor, possibly. Oh, my God. It's so bizarre. So, anyway. Yeah. She's like, "Mm," you know what I mean? Yeah. So. I think in that instance, I don't know how I would react either. If someone's like, don't be an idiot. Just there, here are two chairs. But they're my chairs. It's such a bizarre situation that you don't really know how to react to it. Absolutely. Well, I think that's, he capitalizes on your kind of shock in Mm -hmm. all of these situations so very soon you figure out that he's not paying anything Mm -hmm. and she starts the process of getting him evicted her landlords this apartment complex doesn't want to have anything to do with helping her which i found kind of interesting in the fact that like technically he didn't ever file that paperwork but Mm -hmm. because he got mail delivered to this address now he's legally a tenant and i'm like what a fucked up loophole that is so first if we go back a minute he you know he says he will not pay bills he says you'll see me in court this is my space now right and this seems pretty common theme and she makes a statement she said red flags are coming up fast and i'm like just now we're just now (laughs) seeing those but then she says she talks to her mom about it and thank god one of the two Mm. knows how to use google right because her mom her mom Googles Jed Creek, can't find a Jed Creek anywhere in the U.S. So she looks up the number and she gets his real name, which is Jamison Bachman. Mm-hmm. First of all, anyone who goes Jamison instead of Jameson is going to be a psychopath. Just It's just the way it is. Well, I mean, they kind of bring this up later and it was like, I don't think it's great when you're named after an alcohol. 
But he's not going by that. He's going by Jamison. Right. Which is fucking weird to me. <laughs> it is bizarre. Yeah. So they find, you know, articles and they see that he's a professional squatter, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's what he's done. Mm-hmm. Serial squatter, that's the term they use. Right. But also I think professional is fine because he can't be bothered to fucking work. Right, so he's, he's essentially making money. Well, he's working, he's tutoring, you know. Okay. And they talk about how, they have like a news clips of that, and they say how squatters, these squatters will target small landlords who don't do thorough background checks and don't check the references very well, mm-hmm. right? And in her mm-hmm. case, she was seen as the landlord, mm-hmm. even though she's not the owner. And in Pennsylvania, like you said, once you have mail sent to your house or to the address, you're legally a tenant, whether you've signed a lease whether you have an agreement, it doesn't matter. Whether you're paying for it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On one hand, I was talking to John about this when we were watching it. I mm-hmm. get it, right? Because mm-hmm. these laws were set up to protect the, the people in the apartment. Yeah. Right. So yeah. a person couldn't kick them out with nothing. Yes. Yes. There has to be due process. Yes. And so I understand that. But, I mean, what an exploitation of a law that was probably, is yes. probably saved far more people or helped far more people yeah. than not. There's probably only a few people that actually do this, but yes. it's such a horrible, at least in this case, it's a bullying situation. Well, people will exploit anything. I just find that this is a really interesting way to go about it mm-hmm. because I'm like, what kind of fucking existence is this? And we'll, we'll talk about that kind of as we go, but I'm just like, this isn't pleasant. This mm-hmm. is like just, I mean, there's got to be a couple months at the beginning you know, and that's the most you can hope for a pleasant, um, you know, just a nice, mm-hmm. you know, existence. Yeah. But he seems to thrive on that. The fact that he moves in and within like a day rearranges everything almost <laughs> makes me feel like this is him saying, this is now my space. Mm-hmm. I've taken it. He's making you uncomfortable. Yeah. Moving your things, mm-hmm. setting you off guard and he's taking ownership. He immediately does that. Right. And he thrives on people being uncomfortable. And not, in my opinion, is this a coincidence because it's women. Because, you know, we're taught to be polite. And we're taught to be accommodating. And we're taught to be blah, blah, blah. And I think that mm-hmm. because he is a, a larger guy, I mean, like, he's a tall man. He's sort of fit. A lot of the women say that he's, you know, good looking. And he's white. And he's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And blah, blah, blah. So you just sort of, he's just capitalizing on the fact that he looks trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And he's moving into a broad's house where he doesn't think she's going to be able to assert any dominance over him or right. whatever. So right. Very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they say once someone is in and has their mail sent there and their tenant, it can take months. I mean, and the, and the laws vary from state to state, yes. city yep. to city, I'm sure, but it can take months mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. them out. And one thing I feel bad, but I appreciate is Alex. She's like, I, I made a mistake by trusting him and not looking him up. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to admit that once your life has been fucked, but it's good to admit it. And especially to others to say, listen, I made this mistake. You shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Learn from my mistakes. I mean, yes, I think that's very kind, a kindness to, yes. you know, tell other women like, hey, you guys may be approaching your dating life or whatever else a little bit differently. But please pay attention to this also, which is so stupid that we have to do that. But here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now we jump back 12 years. It's 2005, and we meet Arlene, who is in Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. She meets Jameson at a dog park. So this is a more, you know, nuclear meeting. They just kind yes. of see each other at the dog park. They both have dogs. Mm-hmm. 
he was attractive, he was educated, he was fun. Mm -hmm. She got to know him a little bit differently because he's a teacher at a private school. He lives on Mm -hmm. campus. They start dating. Mm -hmm. She's so funny. She's like, we became intimate. And you can tell like on her face, she's like, oh, he became intimate. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? We all have those regrets. Yeah. I mean, like in retrospect, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, again, he kind of gives off, I mean, a lot of the history is confirmed, right? That he's okay. Right. He mm-hmm. had a law degree, but failed the bar. Yep. He taught history to young kids, but then he starts getting complaints about mm-hmm. his teaching. Like it's too hard or he's too hard on the kids. Yep. What I find interesting. So he was living at a house like attached to the school or mm-hmm. on school property. Right. Yeah. And you know, he would visit Arlene or she would visit him or whatever, but he thinks that he's going to be like the next dean. That's it. He's going to yeah. rule the school. He's got some lofty goals. Mm-hmm. And she is like, well, I think, I think that's a little far-fetched. You know, mm-hmm. she seems, you know, I don't know. She could have been like, that's fucking stupid, but I doubt <laughs> it. She seems like a level-headed person. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, I don't think that's realistic. And he gets like really pissed that she poo-pooed his fantasies. Yep. But she was in a position she could still walk away, right? She walked out. She went home. She's like, I'm not talking to him anymore. Right. Yeah. He showed me who he was, and I listened. Until three weeks later when he apologized. Well, yeah. And, of course, this guy's got to be super manipulative, right? Like, he, Mm -hmm. whatever he said, the magic words to draw her back in, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's easier if you're in an intimate relationship to get drawn back in. You've invested your time, right? Sure. Of course. Absolutely. He obviously was fired from the job. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, this is another thing. So they immediately like evict him from the house. They mm-hmm. have apparently more power than the rest of the world. Uh, could be because it's a school or who knows. They don't really yeah. go into that. But yeah, they uh, they don't seem to have a problem getting rid of him. Well, they, they put the order to vacate mm-hmm. and he makes the comment to Arlene. He's like, they can't get me out. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. You should have taken note <laughs> about how he was behaving at this time. Mm-hmm. But she feels bad, and she's like, why don't you just come stay with me for a couple of months? Get on mm-hmm. your feet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, girl. Yeah. So um, he moves in June mm-hmm. of 2006. Mm-hmm. We're introduced to Peter, who is Arlene's former landlord. He is not really plussed about her moving this guy in. She was a great tenant. He didn't really expect anything crazy to happen. He didn't really get any clues right away that this was going to be problematic. Right. She, however, says that he, this is Jameson, rearranges her place the first day. So we have another example of him coming yeah. in and moving her shit around. And she's like, mm-hmm. I had plants in the windowsill. And now they are gone. He moved, like, the couch from against the wall to the <laughs> middle of the floor, which is, that's psychopathic right there. Mm-hmm. That's not natural. Yeah. And he's like, what, you don't like it? And she's like, no, I fucking hate it. And I appreciate that she stood up. Yes, Whether it, it got back or not, I don't know. But at least right. she's like, no, it fucking sucks. And then we start getting a bunch of complaints. So he's doing a lot of complaining. He's not paying anything after a month. And then when the mail starts to show up, his mail starts to show up. She knows she's fucked. Mm-hmm. And she makes this comment that this is really, this really turned my stomach. She said, mm-hmm. days turn to weeks, weeks into months, months into years. Yeah. Years. Now, here's my thought. And I know she does address it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. My first thought was, bitch, your lease had to be up at some point. Just move. (laughs) Move. Yeah. Because her landlord, Peter, would have more standing to evict, right? She doesn't have a traditional Mm -hmm. landlord agreement with this cat. Right. And so she can't do anything or very little she can do. Mm -hmm. And so 
fucking move. But she said, well, I didn't want to leave Peter stuck with him. I'm like, listen, I know Think of yourself. I know. Well, I couldn't believe she said that she moved out of her room because they were sharing yes. a bed. She mm-hmm. moved out of her room into the spare bedroom. She's in there for two years. Yeah. She said by the second year we were done, there was no more relationship. Two years is what it took for you to be like, no, <laughs> girl, you need to set some boundaries. I know. I know. And again, it's so convenient for us to sit back and say this because I don't want to give her a hard time, but Mm-mm. my God. Ugh. Although these women thankfully learned and grew from this, but it's unfortunate that so many women, like you said, were taught to be polite. We're taught mm-hmm. to be accommodating. It should not take two years for you to say, Listen, I'm sick of you walking all over me. But I mean, again, here's women like we're not really taught how to deal with conflict or, you know, mm-hmm. we're conflict averse at the very least. So, yeah. again, I think he's capitalizing on these opportunities because he knows he's not going to get a ton of pushback and mm-hmm. manipulating somebody in an intimate relationship is part of that. So, so we meet. After she discusses that she went to move into the spare room and they mm-hmm. introduce us to Bob B. Listen, wherever Jameson grew up, sorry, Jamison grew up, there are a lot of Bobs. So we need initials as well. Word. Bob B was one of Jamison's childhood friends. And he he doesn't try to justify the actions, but he does try to give him depth, I guess. So he mm-hmm. doesn't just seem like this flat, horrible person. Yes. He doesn't really succeed very well, but, you know, whatever. He said he always had a bad temper. Mm -hmm. Growing up, Jamison always talked about how brutal his father could be. Mm -hmm. The mother often described the father as an animal. Yeah. And he's like, unless it was bad, a mom wouldn't say that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean. Well, and he also talks about that he calls Jamison Jamie, which is handy for me. So he talks about Jamie being... His family was disappointed in him. And, you know, mm. he seemed to have a sense of injustice about, like, he wanted to stand up for the little guy. You know, he was kind of an underdog person. And somewhere along the line, that has changed. So they mm-hmm. lost touch. They reconnect sometime later on the Facebooks. But, yeah, he was saying that I got the sense that he looked up to Jamie. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he was, I think there's a lot of sense of, like, how did he get this way? Is this not the person we right. knew when he was younger? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like he was charismatic. He yeah. was smart. He I mean, like he had everything set up for success coming yeah. out of high school. Yeah. And something changed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we meet Sonia from Queens from Rockaway Beach, which always makes me think of the Ramon song. Yeah. We can hitch a ride to Rockaway Beach. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm. In February 2012. She had bought an apartment in Rockaway Beach. So she always wanted, it was right on the water. Mm-hmm. But when her and her apartment had separated, she needed a roommate. Okay. I think you said her and her apartment. I think you meant partner, but. Her and her partner separated. <laughs> she did she not separate from a par- former apartment separated. <laughs> not- she had to get a new apartment. Willingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. When her and her partner separated, she needed a roommate mm-hmm. to help make the mortgage. Listen, everyone, this is why I come back to, if at all possible, get a place you can afford on your own. And maybe this is our weird Midwestern mindset. I mean, maybe this is more common for people that live in big cities. 
But also, I understand lifestyle changes, right? I mean, oh, just because real. you can afford it today doesn't mean that two months from now you'll be in the same situation. And that shit happens. I get that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she took out a Craigslist ad and two people responded. A successful lawyer and a young couple with a young child. Now, when at all possible, stay away from the young fucking child. Sorry. <laughs> that's my motto. I've already done that shit. Well, too, I mean, like, you're, how big was this place? Like... What, I mean, a single family home in a, you know, roommate situation is weird to me. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if, if that, those three people, I guess if it was a young child, like an an infant or a baby, Mm -hmm. they could all stay in the same room and it'd be fine. But Mm -hmm. it still seems there's one bathroom and I don't know, again, that's my Midwest lifestyle. I like a lot of space. Yes. Yeah. Um, We're not Island folks where there's like just right up on you. mm Mm-mm. I do like the fact that, so she elects to meet him and he shows up first thing with a U-Haul and waving a bunch of cash around. When he came to the apartment to see the apartment, like he's never seen it, never visited her. And Mm -hmm. he comes to take a look at it and there's a U-Haul parked outside. Mm -hmm. And this is where I, again, Sonia, you and I, girl. Mm -hmm. So she's like well that's odd and he's like oh yeah I'm ready to move in now uh, you know I'm in this horrible situation with an ex I need to get out and if I don't stay here then I'll have to sleep in my U-Haul but he had a wad of cash in his hand so he could have just gone to a fucking hotel right right that's that's the kind of thing she saw the wad of cash that she needed and mm-hmm. I get that yep but his story doesn't fly 100 percent. yeah so he moves in in February 2012 they're both animal lovers. I think they had some commonality. Of course, this is him just playing into whatever. Mm-hmm. But then he quits paying for stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's an animal nurse, which I guess she works at a vet's office, would you say? It doesn't really matter. Maybe a vet hospital. Maybe she does dog knees on the side. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> but she says, like, she's starting to have to pick up shifts to cover the rent and the bills. So she's just working her ass off trying to keep her head above water and he's in her place but mm-hmm. just siphoning off of her which is uh, so problematic yep. and i'll also okay i'm gonna make the statement and you guys can come for me it's fine <laughs> i i maybe it's because i really like to move so i'm not ever really attached to a place i've moved mm-hmm. around a lot i don't mind moving but these people seem really attached to like their apartments now in this case, this was her house. This is her mortgage. She had purchased mm-hmm. it. She took out like a loan out of her retirement fund to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I get it. And mm-hmm. if you get a really good apartment with a good location, a good price, I also get that. Mm-hmm. But not to the extent that these people sometimes seem really emotional about an apartment that you've only lived in for a short period of time that you don't own. And I'm like, I mean, there are more. You can find another. Well, too, I mean, this is the same story with any ghost story I've ever heard. Like, well, we were Fucking being move. haunted and we could never <laughs> sleep. And it was... We were in danger literally all the time, but we just mm-hmm. couldn't afford to move. And I was like, do you know no one? Is there no one in your life? Or like, I've got like a couch and a pullout somewhere. But again, oh, yeah. this is exactly how my lifetime movie starts, just with those words. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. So, yeah, this one I understand a little bit more, where she's mm-hmm. like, she wants to keep, this was her dream house. This was her forever home. Yeah. This is where she was going to live for the rest yeah, of her life. Yeah, she wanted to retire here, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, it's to the point where she's got to get another roommate. And I love this part so much because I'm like, okay, how did this, how did this work? Work this out. I know. So I know. she puts a tent 
a tent in her living room. And another lady moves in with like two cats and a dog or something. And she's living in a tent in their living room. Yeah. I mean, I guess that worked for these two women. But of course, he's super pissed off about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, number one, anything that frustrates him makes me so happy. (laughs) Yeah. So, but that lady's not able to stay because he makes it. He's threatening her. He's going in there and like messing with her shit and she's like look I Mm -hmm. can't me and the cats and the dog or whatever have to go and they're sharing one bathroom no thanks Uh -uh. no 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 Mm -mm. and this is so Sonia is finally able to serve him with eviction papers but then they have like the minute you serve him papers they have like three months or something like that sure and she says the minute she served those papers he got I mean his personality changed immediately Mm -hmm. he became more vocal he became more aggressive and it just wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that she's, I mean, so she seems like kind of a badass, right? She's taken some lessons for self-defense. She's not <laughs> yes. necessarily physically afraid of him. I think that she's afraid that he's a scary douchebag and, like, might try to break into her room or something. But I don't know that she's, like, between the two of us in a fair fight, I think I could take him. So... Some of the physical yeah. intimidation shit that he's trying with her doesn't necessarily fly. Right. And he's mm-hmm. like six foot two and she's five two. She's this yeah. tiny little yeah. woman. Mm-hmm. But I love that she's like, listen, I had a friend who was murdered once. And yeah. so I took self-defense and I'm going to take a motherfucker down. Right. He's going with me. Yep. She's toe to toe with him. But I also love that the minute he gets so aggressive that she has to say that. Yeah. She's like, you know. You're not even worth it. And she walked away. And one, I know that's not easy to do, but God, it is so much better because it pisses them off so much more. Because if you, if you are aggressive with them, then they've, it's worked. They've gotten yes. your attention. Mm-hmm. And if you walk away, they have nothing to say or do. They right. just have to sit and stew. Yeah. Your cool head prevails. Right. Mm-hmm. So she figures out that he's coming into her room. She kind of sets a little bit of a MacGyver-esque yep. trap for him. Although, I'm like, so he's just like walking around in her room. That's weird. And I don't know, feels gross. But I mean, like. It does. It feels violating, know? right? Yes. So that's kind of what, you know, she confronts him about it. He's up in her face. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, so tempting. But she doesn't do it because, again, she's a smart lady. Um, mm-hmm. And then Hurricane Sandy. It's like, yeah. hey, y'all. Yeah, while they're waiting for the court date mm-hmm. for eviction, yeah. Hurricane Sandy hits, which, as we all remember, was pretty gnarly. Yes. And hit Rockaway Beach pretty hard. Yes. So she leaves. She leaves for a few weeks to safer ground or whatever you want to call that. He leaves at some point because then when she comes back, he is gone. Mm-hmm. found it really interesting that she ends up losing her place to foreclosure, which I'm like, girl, I hate that for her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's... um. You know, she talks about being a bit emotional because she's like, look, it's going to take me a really long time to financially recover from this, which Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I feel you, girl. Not to that extent, but still, I mean, rebuilding your credit is very difficult. It takes years. It takes a minute for it to tank and years to build. Yeah. And especially if it's stuff that's not really your fault, as in, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody else affects you in such a way and then you are the one who have to kind of navigate that is really unfortunate. So she seems like a lovely person and I hope that she's found some closure and some peace over this now. But honestly, I mean, that's it. That's the rest of her story. 
Yeah. Other than she said at one point she searched him up online and found oh, yes. that he just kept doing it to other people. Like she saw these yes. other articles. Yes. And I'm like, oh God. Yes. So they introduce us to another Bob friend, Bob mm-hmm. F, who was another one of Jamison's childhood friends. He is only in this documentary this one time. This is the only time they talk to him. Yeah. But he has an interesting story. So he was also childhood friends with him. He knows the family. He knows Harry, which is Jamison's older older brother. Mm-hmm. And he was one that also said that he looked up to Jamison in school mm-hmm. because he just seemed to have this natural personality charisma. and charisma. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, after school, you know, Bob F. went off to wherever, whatever he was doing at his college. Jam- Jamison went to Tulane University for law. Mm-hmm. And around, it would have been a couple years later, because Bob F. said it was during his sophomore year, Mm -hmm. he gets a hold of Jameson, or Jameson gets a hold of him, and tells Bob this story about he was, Jameson was eating dinner with a mutual friend of theirs Mm -hmm. at a fraternity at Tulane. Mm -hmm. And at some point, someone comes out of the kitchen and decapitates the friend. Yeah, with like a meat cleaver. Yeah. And I hear this where I'm like, oh, that's bullshit. But then mm-hmm. Bob's like, he looked it up. And although Jamison did embellish, it was mostly a true story. Yes. Holy shit to live through that. And I wonder, because that seems to be the only thing that they tell us, that anyone can tell us that really describes a something, an event mm-hmm. that happened from for him to switch between one mm-hmm. personality to the next, that he lived through that event. Right. Well, I mean, so Bob F. talks to you about that Jamie was kind of a rising star, but that all Mm. seemed to have changed when he got reacquainted with him a little bit in college, where Jamie had previously been the guy that had gone out with all the girls that, Mm -hmm. you know, his friends were like eyeballing or whatever. And I'm talking like every girl. He kind of reflects on a time when Jamie was like, oh, I went out with that girl. Oh, I went out with that girl. And he's like, all right, settle down. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is like people who knew him are looking for a reason why he was like this. And so mm-hmm. living through this horrible situation might have been part of it. But I still think it has a lot to do with the fact that his family was really disappointed in him. And his brother, Harry, was maybe a little bit more of a golden child. I don't know. Well, and could it be? So it seems like I don't know if he finished his law degree at Tulane or not. Right. They never discuss it. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if after this event that happened... Mm-hmm. This violent event, if he dropped out and then, you know, didn't finish, which would also perpetuate that idea of disappointment and yeah. whatnot, right? Yeah. I don't know. But it's funny because they talk a little bit about, like, he had a sense of entitlement. And it's like, mm-hmm. of course he did. You know, he's a white guy. He all His whole life should have been laid out in front of him and everybody should have been, you know, dropping to their knees or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't the way it worked out. So, I mean, all sad face. Yeah. Yeah. So once you hit reality, it can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't really fake being a lawyer, even though this guy seems to have been pretty bright. Right. He doesn't pretend to be a lawyer, but he knows the goddamn law. That's for sure. At least when it comes to (laughs) renting, he knows those laws. Yes. Housing stuff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Also, I'll say they finished that first episode. They kind of ended with a cop describing a horrible bloody scene and how someone came at the police with an axe. And they're like, okay, cut to scene. And you're like, um, what? Yeah, that's, you almost, you put it in context as the watcher mm-hmm. of what happened with this weird dinner party crime scene thing. Right. So, I mean, 
Okay. It's weird. They'll they'll clear that up for you later. Let's just say that at this point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So back to Arlene. So Arlene, yep. She said that Jamison lived there almost four years. Yes. No. No. At that point, I can no longer give you okay to be the victim. Well, this is with her. Yes. And late, like late in that, she asked her landlord for help to file eviction stuff. And I'm like, you maybe file that six months in. I don't know. I mean, like, I know. So that wasn't really explained. Now, I understand, like, if you're in a horrible situation, maybe you aren't thinking clearly. (laughs) But yeah, that was really just, I mean, that was very difficult to understand. So Mm -hmm. she talks about there were a couple of issues where he grabbed her by the throat. They had dueling orders of protection after that incident. He happened to get his filed first. Mm-hmm. And so that gave him a little bit of an edge as the story continues. She ends up getting arrested because he said that she attacked him with a knife. She did not. No, like that was, so she had talked to her landlord mm-hmm. about helping her to go to court and get a letter of eviction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he must have overheard her and he gets yes. pissed off and he goes to the cops and says she attacked him with a mm-hmm. knife. So because his order of protection was filed slightly before hers now mm-hmm. mind you they're both living in this house in the orders of protection that they're not supposed to be within 100 yards or feet or whatever of each other <laughs> right. and it's like that doesn't make any fucking sense but mm-hmm. nonetheless here we are mm-hmm. so she ends up she's forced to leave her apartment right she goes they arrest mm-hmm. her yep. put her in jail overnight and the judge gives her a year of probation and says she ha- she can't go back to her home and She's like, but that's my apartment, my lease. I pay everything. He's like, doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. So she had to get a court order just to go back into her apartment and get her things, mm-hmm. which takes time. Yeah. In that time, two of her cats, which were very sick. So she had four cats, mm-hmm. two of which were very sick and needed medication. He took to a kill shelter. Yep. One of which did not survive. It was euthanized before yep. she could go get it. Yep. She did get the other one back. Yes. There were two that were still left with him. Mm-hmm. One of which we see make a pop-up appearance in Alex's apartment that she didn't know about. Yeah. So he steals her fucking cats. And I'm like, that's like a whole nother level of evil, in my opinion. That's fucking horrible. That's just psychological warfare, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And she is devastated over this. I mean, like, there's a lot going on in this story. But she feels mm-hmm. like she failed her cats. And I'm like, oh, honey, I understand I love my animal, too, even when he's digging on the door and lowering the production quality of our podcast. Um, Nonetheless. I have one snoring next to me, so if you guys can hear it. (laughs) He's a sweet baby, but uh, if he could be quieter, that'd be great. That'd be great, yeah. And then her landlord talks about this guy leaves the water on constantly, which affects, you know, the water bill that the landlord has to pay. Mm -hmm. He puts litter, cat litter, in the yard. He dumps it out the back window, yep. Okay. And then he drags a log around and just randomly drops it to like bug the tenants in the mm-hmm. building. And I'm like, that's like some real asshole Grinch type shit. I mean, like, you're doing it for the sake of doing it, right? Yes. You're just specifically trying to be a dick. And Peter has said that he starts getting threatened and taken to court with um, the housing authority. Mm-hmm. Like, Jamison starts filing all these complaints mm-hmm. with the housing authority. And that's some serious shit. Cause not only, I mean, can it affect you as a landlord, but that 
takes time and money and energy mm-hmm. to go to court and fight all that shit. Yeah. Jesus. So they finally get him out of there, but it takes another year for them to get him mm-hmm. to leave. And mm-hmm. so Arlene eventually goes back and that's when she figures out that he's taken her animals. Yeah. She goes and she asks him, she said that mm-hmm. when she found out he had to leave, she goes and she asked him for her cat's back and he just was like, no, and drove off essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. So Mm-mm. she'll <sighs> never have another roommate either. That's the common thread is everyone is like, no more roommates. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So, <sighs> I mean, like I said, she got out of it with her life. Yes. But that's about it. So, I mean, now she has a record. Her credit is ruined or whatever. I don't know what her relationship is with the landlord, like how they worked that out. But I can't imagine it was good for her. I mean, she said that, you know, at the end, she's like, you know, I was really angry about it for a long time. I had a lot of feelings, but I've worked sort of through that now the best I can. And I am in a good place. And I was happy to hear that because she deserves good things. Mm -hmm. But she's, you know, she's just like, look, I'm not a stupid person. I'm a strong person. And this still happened to me. So... You know, I agree. Strong person, but girl, four years. <laughs> Listen, anyway, so let's head back to Alex. Alex is the most recent. Mm-hmm. She, once she realizes what's going on, that mm-hmm. Jamison isn't going to pay, and well, Jed, Jamison, she knows who he is at this point, sure. but she hasn't told him she knows mm-hmm. who he is. She worked at a law firm. And once she spoke to the lawyers about what's going on, they're like, oh, girl, you need to get in the fuck out. And uh, good luck with that. I mean, they helped her with the legal paperwork and everything. Right. She, this is, okay. I love her because once she started talking about what am I going to do to get him out? The first thing I said to John was, I would be the most annoying fucking person <laughs> you've ever met. Now, either he's going to leave or he's going to kill me. It's a 50-50 chance at this point. But um, that's a that's exactly what she decided to do. She's yeah. like, I knew things that would bother him and decided to do all of them. Well, yeah. I mean, so she knows the conventional way is not going to work, right? The conventional mm-hmm. way is on his side. So what she's going to do is fucking make him just as miserable or mo- more yes. so. Than she is. Yes. Yeah. So she's she's kind of playing the player here a little bit. And I do so love that. <laughs> I mean, I am not a petty person outwardly. Oh, I I'm am. very petty on the inside. <laughs> But I'm just like, oh, this is so delicious. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So she threw a party, mm-hmm. about 20 or 30 people, and mom. Mom mm-hmm. came. And I love that, too. Like, I mom's know. like, I'm going to show you guys how it's done. Mm. So. Wu-Tang. <laughs> she was playing <laughs> rap music and punk music. And, like, they were smoking pot. Her friends mm-hmm. were blowing smoke under the door. Right. Because he hated smoking and drinking. Mm-hmm. She bought bottles of Jameson, just kind of. To let him rub know. it in his face. Yeah. Yeah. Had articles printed about what he had done. So he would, if he came out of his room, he would know that she knew yeah. who he was and what he was doing. Also little snippets of shit he'd said on his tutoring website. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like yeah. she kind of got him from all angles. It's just the biggest mock ever. And so the idea is to try to get him to leave. I don't know if she really thought he would leave in this one night, but they really go for it. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so they start sort of during the time when he's doing his tutoring. And I'm like, (laughs) fuck yeah, you do. (laughs) Hit him where it hurts, where he makes his money. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just like, he gets really mad at one point and walks out. And everyone's like, hey, you know, she's got (laughs) 20, 30 people on her side. They can be obnoxious, right? Oh, I think that she probably has a couple really good friends that are like, 
this is my medium. I'm an artiste. Let me, <laughs> right. let me loose on this jackass. Tap me in, coach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. That's right. That's, I love it. That's, I'm here for that. If anyone needs that, I'm your girl. I'm your girl, right. by the mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. And so he gets really, she's like, hey, you're going to join the party. And they're like, you know, try to get, and he gets really pissed. But he's like, no. And he gets his dog and he leaves, mm-hmm. right? Like walks his dog. So while he's gone, they take the door like lock or handle off of his door or something so he can't lock it and he comes back and stomps through and slams the door and then realizes he can't can't lock lock his door (laughs) again so petty and delicious and i'm like oh i love everything i do too i do too yeah again your comeuppance my man so Mm -hmm. yeah and so they say they can just see him i think there's just anger radiate off off him at this oh, point it's probably like yeah measurable and shit so it's tangible it's rolling under the door yeah yeah and so they finally leave and alex says the morning after she wakes up a little bit early like 4 30 in the morning i'm like girl you party all night then wake up she must have been young anyway she looks fairly young <laughs> jameson as she's brushing her teeth she can hear that he's awake as well and mm-hmm. she's like okay there you go you're uncomfortable too mm-hmm but then he busts in the door, in the bathroom door, and, like, chokes her. Mm-hmm. And did he yell at her? Did he say anything? He was, oh, he said, you made a grave mistake, you stupid girl. And I'm like, that's not even a good line. I, I, You know, when you're that angry, I guess you just don't have words. <laughs> and you feel like he's gotten away with this threatening persona yeah. for so long. Mm-hmm. But he lets her down and goes in his room, and she's like, Hell no. She walks into his room and is like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Mm-hmm. He proceeds to slam the door on her leg several times and then mm-hmm. cuts her because he had a knife in his hand. He was feeding his cat. I don't know what I, a knife I, has to do with feeding your cat. I don't either. I'm like, I don't like slicing cheese. I don't know. Was he, I was like, yeah, scaling a fish for it. What was he doing? Anyway. Feeding it the blood of his enemies. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so... She, yeah. yeah, he cuts her leg several mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. So they end up calling the police. They yep. being, I assume she called the police. Mm-hmm. And the police come. They see that she's been choked. They document all her wounds. Mm-hmm. And they arrest him. Woot, woot. Yeah, which I think she... He must have been good and pissed because kind of what he talks about with Arlene, you know, he's pitted them he situated himself in a way that she can't really make those kind of claims if he chokes her or whatever but in the case of Alex I think she's gotten under his skin enough that he's not really thinking clearly so she is able to get the drop on him because Mm -hmm. I mean he's put his hands on her she didn't shrink away yeah you know she came back and and had the evidence on her body unfortunately or fortunately I don't know (laughs) which is the right but able she's able to capitalize on it right yeah yeah thankfully it wasn't you know, something that was going to harm her, life threatening, maim her. Yeah. Life threatening. Yes. So it was enough. It was enough to get him in jail. Yes. Without doing grave danger to herself. Yes. Yes. So Alex realizes she needs to act fast. She needs mm-hmm. to get his stuff and get it out. Mm-hmm. Right. So she starts going through stuff and she sees all of these court documents from Arlene and Sonia and others mm-hmm. that he's been doing this for a long, long time. Right. She also finds an empty gun case, which freaks her out. And I thought, you know, I don't know if I'd be as freaked out only because I feel like in this day and age, everyone has a gun, has access to a gun just because there's a case. At least it's empty. I don't know. Yeah. She's freaked out by it. Yeah. It's not great. 
I mean, maybe it, maybe it just implies how, how serious this really is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he, so he's in jail for some time. Not that long. Well, his brother bails him out, right? Mm-hmm. So they call her and let her know that he's on the loose, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Right. So. And Alex has to move, yeah. right? She doesn't want to move. Yeah. Her mom wanted her to move, but she didn't want to move. But because the property management declined to renew her lease because of all this. And this is, I think, what was surprising because she really was pretty upset about it. And I thought, how nice was that fucking apartment? (laughs) I mean, and I understand a lot of it is circumstantial, right? If she had chosen to move on her own, that's different. Mm -hmm. But because you're forced to because of a situation that you, you know, didn't cause, Mm -hmm. that makes it harder. And I get that. But still, it's it's just an apartment. Yeah. Okay, so he's out now. She needs to make sure she gets his stuff back to him. Yes. All of his stuff, because she doesn't want to be responsible for any of that. Two totes and a comforter. Yeah. And mm-hmm. her four chairs that she got to put back around the table. <laughs> right, she has a full <laughs> set now. So she, her mom was like, let's just do it in a police parking lot. Good call. She returns everything to him, except the dog. Because the dog was adopted by one of her friends when he was in jail. And that yes. pushed him over the edge. He yep. flipped out. Yep. He's essentially like, you're going to fucking die. Right. Which is and neat. drove off. Yeah, yeah. That's super fun. But it gives her some more fuel. So she goes and tells the cops what he said. And I believe mm-hmm. at that point they pick him up again. They do. A couple mm-hmm. weeks later, they mm-hmm. pick him up and arrest him for um, violating the protection order. Yes. That she had put in place the first time. Yeah. When he slammed up. her leg in the door. And I'm like. Yes. Ugh. But of course, Harry bails him out again. His brother bails mm-hmm. him out again. Mm-hmm. This is when Bobby comes back in and he's talking about how he, you know, he had been in touch with Jamison and had been talking and, you know, all of a sudden he wasn't there for a little while. And so once he comes back and starts texting, he's like, yo, where have you been? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I, you know, I went to jail. And then he starts talking about how angry he is with his brother. Like his brother took too long to bail him out. His brother mm-hmm. wouldn't let him stay with him and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, right. dude, he didn't have to bail you out at all. It's evident he shouldn't have. I mean, the end I mean, game. Yeah. Yeah. And also he talks about like the guy, that, the way that Jamie frames everything, right? Like, oh, He's a I victim. Keep- yeah, I keep running into all these crazy bitches and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, like, What's the wow. common denominator here? Yeah, of course, you have to be somewhat self-aware to recognize that. But um, in this case, we didn't, you know, that's not part of this um, story. Right. Oh, no, he has no self-awareness. But yes, Bob is worried. And so he reaches out to Harry, the brother, mm-hmm. and, you know, is like, hey, I'm worried about Jameson. And Harry's like, don't worry about it. That's, we'll deal with it. It's our own problem. Mm-hmm. November 4th, 2017, the police get a call to do a welfare check on Harry. They mm-hmm. go to the house, they enter, and they see signs of a violent struggle. Stuff's broken. There's blood on the floor. They follow the blood trail down to the basement where they find him dead. Yeah. Harry's been bludgeoned to death. Yep. yep. However, Harry's phone is still there and he gets a notification that his American Express had been used at a hotel nearby. Mm-hmm. So the police go, they find Jamison mm-hmm. and they get SWAT to go in. Yes. Where they find him swinging an ax. Yes. Like a small camp ax. He gets one police officer in the face. 
He gets another one, like, in his arm. Yep. And they were eventually able to tase him and take him into custody. Thank God he was white. A lot of bad decisions (laughs) being made there. But yeah, this is, like, off the charts kind Mm -hmm. of situation. So And still got taken alive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's really something. So It is really something. Yeah. And he's 60 years old. You mentioned this early on. Mm -hmm. He's not necessarily a young guy. And so he's killed his brother. Mm -hmm. His brother was married. They had children. Mm -hmm. And that's how he treated the one person that was left in the world that still sort of gave a shit about him. Mm -hmm. It's very, very sad. It is. And it's, it's, I don't know. For his brother's family. Yeah. Not necessarily. I mean, like he played the hand he was dealt, right? Like, so I don't really think we're feeling sorry for him because I don't know that there are many people in the world who have caused as much misery as this human being. I'm not saying anybody deserves to die, but my God, man. So, yeah. And I like that at one point, you know, when they were talking about the incident that he witnessed in college Mm -hmm. and the director or someone off camera asked Bob F, do you think this justifies what he Mm -hmm. did? Mm -hmm. And he said, nothing can justify what he did, Mm -hmm. right? It might explain why he did what he did, I guess, Mm -hmm. to a certain extent, but it does not justify the behavior. So many people go through traumatic events, maybe Mm -hmm. not that traumatic, and they don't become horrible bullies and murderers. And yeah, there are a lot of ways that you could turn out that's not this. Yeah, absolutely. This is, I don't know. I mean, they were not fucking around when they said worst roommate ever. I mean, I think that's probably the most apt title of any <laughs> documentary I've right? ever heard in my life. Right. I really went for it. So really at the end of the day, he ends up killing himself. This is Jameson. He hangs himself in his cell. So he never really faces justice in the legal way, let's say. Correct. And so there's a little bit of discussion at the end about that among all the people that, you know, were affected by him. And I don't, there's sadness in the fact that this is tragic. It's not really sadness per se for him. What is sad about his story for him is the fact that he had everything and he had so much potential. Yes. And then this is what happened. It was turned Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. what changed, what happened. That's the craziness, right? Right. And it's unfortunate that he brought essentially every single person he met down with him. Right. Well, that's kind of what I was alluding to at the beginning, because I'm like, what kind of existence was this really? Like you're in constant conflict and turmoil with people around you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, we've all known or have been in a phase or whatever where you were like, Ooh, life is exciting when there's conflict and there's drama. And I mean, like you get to a a point where you're just like, Jesus, I want some peace. I don't care about this anymore. I don't know if he ever knew any other way to be. Like I said, I think we're programmed to look for a reason on things, but I just don't know if Mm -hmm. there's a reason for this. I don't know if there was either. And he seemed to thrive on the conflict as long as he was winning, as long as he was in the upper role. Yeah. He had the upper hand on somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then he was okay. But the minute he might not, he just lashed and it it was no longer fun for him. Right. And he was going to make sure you knew it. But I mean, like what kind of life is it? I mean, obviously he was an accomplished legal mind in some ways because he knew all this law on a resident stuff but I mean he lived out of totes I mean it's just such a waste I don't know how how better to say that like Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it just seems like a lot of energy for a half-assed life. Like when we talk again, I'm going to keep talking about the tender swindler. That guy lived in luxury and he was putting in a lot of work, but it seemed like he gained something. But this guy was like right. barely better than homeless at the most. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, right. it just seems bizarre to me. So, yeah, it's almost like for him, the gratification came from taking advantage of or, you know, making the law work in his favor. Like he had found something that other people did it. And so he would win. It was more of that kind of challenge than Mm -hmm. actually living for free. Cause I'm sure he could make good money if he chose to and could pay for his own apartment. Yeah. But it's just like sort of the feel you get for this is like, this guy was always around his house. Like he had a dog, the dog had to go out, but like they never talked about him going anywhere or doing anything or, mm-hmm. you know, having any kind of life. It's like, he just was like an evil mastermind and just sat in his room going excellent. You know what I mean? It was just, right. I don't know. It just seems like not a very well lived life, no, but I mean, I guess if you're miserable. Thing. Yeah. So yeah, definitely worth a watch. Definitely yeah. uh, makes me happy that I don't have to worry about a roommate. Right. Nor do I at this point in time in my life. Mm -hmm. I think from this, please learn to do thorough background checks of anyone you come in contact with. I mean, if you so much as walk by someone at a store, I recommend a thorough background (laughs) (laughs) check. I like the fact, like, maybe trust that intuition where if somebody shows up and they have a U-Haul and you're like, Mm. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So. No. mm. Yeah, especially if they have a wad of cash and say, oh, I could, I would end up sleeping in the U-Haul. And you're like, but you have money for a fucking hotel room. Go you're, away. You're right. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I I hope doing these discussions that I would be on the right side of this, but I also am very smiley. So there's yeah. always that. A smile will get you every time. I guess so. All right. So next week, um, I'd Yay. like to tell you we're going to talk about something more positive but we're not (laughs) no no but this is a famous story so I think that it's a good one in that regard so we're gonna do undercurrent the disappearance of Kim Wall um this is on HBO Max just recently released so it's very current and this is the submarine murders or murder if you're uh Mm -hmm. savvy in uh, the true crime realm so Mm -hmm. yeah this is in a couple different episodes so a little bit longer but broken up nicely and again, just an amazing story. It's a crazy story. Mm-hmm. I think part of what makes the story amazing is how, I believe this happened in Denmark, right? Is I believe so, yeah. Somewhere in a Nordic mm-hmm. country. And yeah. the way that they handled the crime and the way that they handled solving the crime is very different than how we handle things here in the U.S. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really fascinating way to do it. That's a part of the story that I also enjoy, which usually isn't quite as exciting, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the you know the guy's a minor celebrity mm. yeah they did a show on hbo it was a dramatization of it mm-hmm. i think it was on hbo and what i liked about it is they were doing it from the aspect of when she was missing and then solving the crime mm-hmm. they never once mentioned his name oh okay because good they don't want to give him any fucking notoriety yes yeah mm-hmm. um so anyway it'll be good to talk about to bring attention to the story in the life of uh, an incredible young woman Mm-hmm. in the victim of this crime so yep with that i will say please rate review and subscribe um you're always welcome to come and find us on the interwebs at go doc yourself we're on instagram and the twitters so yeah yeah
All right. This was a good one today. I'm glad everyone came and joined us. Yeah. Let's say thanks to Alicia at work for recommending it to us. So uh, Mm -hmm. this is not on my radar. So it was a good one, though. I will say I saw it from Binge Babe on Instagram as well. Oh, slick. Okay, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, until next week, everyone. Okay. Later. Bye. Bye.